Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Shafe of the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, Internet. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a peculiar podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we have got it covered. Hello, I am Cap. Hello, I am Brandon. <laughs> Hello, I am Boar. Hello, I am John. And John is joining us today from the machine. Welcome, yes. my son. Welcome to the machine. <laughs> the, the singularity has happened and Jonathan has been uploaded to the cloud. I mean, oh, so. it's like the rapture. I missed yeah. it. He was always going to be the first to ascend. There was yeah. never any doubt in my mind. <laughs> What it's is, true. What does it feel like in there, John? Cold. Yeah, but that's how you are that's normally. That's strange. That sounds like a human feeling. You I'm think just that... trying to relate. He I... meant emotionally. <laughs> he meant emotionally cold. There is no emotion or feeling. Uh, just sort of existentially cold, not yeah. actually like I'm feeling cold, like mm -hmm. frigid. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Checks out. Well, it's been uh, about a month since a normal episode of Nerdy Show happened, if indeed any of our shows could be called normal. The hell have you been doing? Well... <laughs> the fuck have you the, been doing? The ever perceptive Brandon Gerson. Well, let me let me tell what, you. Where have I been? I uh, what have I been doing for a month? I I think you've been playing Fallout seventy six. Not the whole time. Well, Doug and Tony and I went to North Carolina Comic Con and we recorded an episode on the way back from being there in the car, which was fun. And uh, and then we published instead of a regular normal nerdy show discussion episode, we published a uh, one of the panels that I did at North Carolina Comic Con on the subject of horror with uh, Chris Ryall, who is the uh, the editor of Lock and Key, and Jeremy Whitley, who uh, who writes a lot of things like the uh, Unstoppable Wasp, but uh, most notably for that panel, Vampirella, a recent run of that comic that's not as cheesecakey as it used to be. I don't know what Vampirella is. Uh, do you remember the 1990s? Uh, in comic book stores where there'd be uh, comics of sexy girls doing violent things. like Is it that woman with the <laughs> large <laughs> black hair and always has her boobs out and she's like no. really white? No. Uh -huh. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about her. Well, me, me neither. I just know that, that it's basically a cheesecake comic, much like how... I don't think that's what he was actually talking about. What am I talking about, John? Talking about, John? I think you were talking about Elvira. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking about. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. Virtually the same thing. But just but uh, action-adventure-oriented. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> Done. Okay. 
Great. Well, hey, moving on. If you want to check out those episodes out, they're earlier in this feed than this episode by only a little bit. So since it's been such a very long time, what's everybody been up to? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, Literally uh, playing video games. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting on my butt (laughs) playing video games. Doing some school, but mostly video games. Several games have come out since the last time you recorded a podcast. I believe Red Dead Redemption 2 came out and Super Smash Brothers came out. Ultimate. I think it's is it Ultimate Super Have Smash Brothers. Have you been Brothers playing Ultimate? that? Well, no, I haven't. I haven't played Smash Brothers because the AC adapter for my Switch is on an airplane, so I can't charge my Switch until I buy. You think another. they left it on the airplane and they didn't take it off at some point when they were cleaning? Oh yeah, it's gone. Well, it's okay. actually it's living in it like a like a snake. I shoved it so <clears> far <throat> down in the seat, no one will find it, including me. And it's 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 been to more places in the world than I have at this Sweet. point. So I need to spend another thirty dollars on top of the sixty. To play Smash Brothers. Um, well, that's yeah. fun. And, that's, and that's I've been playing fun. Fallout 76, and I was going to just uh, display my opinions. I mean, not display them. Auditorially. Well, Aud- auditorially <laughs> display my opinions. Is that a word? Do you mean discuss? Yeah. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> okay. Discuss is when it's like an opinion, but audio and not visual. So is that how that works? Really discussion, is it? Well, both Fuck you. I'm sure both you and John have a lot to say on the subject of Fallout 76. I mean, Bor also plays the yeah. game. Oh, well, yeah. I, I played. played. I, I played it gave, during the beta. the beta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did well, not actually pay money for it. We don't need to t- <clears throat> talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 because everyone's like, oh, it's a pretty good game, whatever. It's, it's been done. Everyone knows it's great. It's, yeah, it's been it's, a, We don't know, need to say anything while, about yeah. it. It's a good game if you like it. Okay. I well, mean, even South Park went over how good it was. Yeah, so, so it's pretty good. Wow, that is that is extensive. We'll 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 compartmentalize Fallout seventy six into a segment a little later on in this episode. So look forward to that. John, how about you? No, I mean basically just Fallout seventy six. <laughs> All right, that's, that segment's <laughs> ever approaching. It's happening any minute now. I'm already up to around a hundred hours. Oh Jesus, good grief! <laughs> Boy, if you say Fallout seventy six. So while we've got John here, it's actually a, a good thing because I wanted to give an update on how the pills have been going. <laughs> oh, well, a uh, little bit of a quick recap. If for some reason you're t- tuning in in the middle of the, our ten uh, year long discourse here on Nerdy Show, it's se- only been a couple of months. Several episodes back, John got everybody uh, hooked on some pills that uh, make your dreams vivid, <laughs> give you life extension, very and. Well, and basically, I mean, he's obviously in the computer realm now, whereas the rest of us are in meat flesh. But before that, he was attempting life extension by virtue of some uh, some beneficial chemicals. Where the fuck are my pills? I didn't get any pills. I didn't get well, any pills. Well, you had, you had to purchase them. They yeah. were not included. I, I, I spent my money on some other medical stuff, which we'll talk about soon. I've just been using but heroin. Tell us about the pills, Bor. So I finally... How uh, they popping? The pills are popping great. I have been using them for a little over two months now yeah and that sounds about right they've been going great like i my mood is better i'm i feel like way more with it mentally uh-huh. uh i'm not tired anywhere near as often and uh yeah those are pretty much the only benefits that i've seen so far but uh, so far so good i mean because the other benefits are like 70 years from now if you were able to compare and contrast yourself between two separate timelines you'd look and feel better in one of them Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to need you guys to back the fuck up. What are these pills? Are you fucking with me? Are they real? What are they actually called? What the hell do they actually are... What do they do? I can't tell this is a joke that I'm not in on. There are no pills that will magically make you feel good that isn't a drug or prescription drug. Can you fill Brandon in in like a TLDR version? Like the quickest way possible. Just what's the name Uh, of them? I'll look that shit up. 
basically we use two pills that are the same as this other pill, but cheaper because they're two separate things. And it <laughs> actually explains nothing. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it's all in relation to the core metabolic fundamentals that underline almost all life on earth. Basically, it's the closest thing to like an actual real legitimate silver bullet we have for anti-aging drugs. I didn't understand a word you said. I still don't know the name of the drugs or what it actually does. Yo, spit some well, names up in this. Uh, what was it? Terastilbaline and... Nicotinamide riboside. You get that from eating turkey. Yeah. Puts you, you to can. sleep. Uh, the joke about it, well, I mean, the whole thing is anything with protein in it technically has some of it in it because any living cell does. So basically taking one of these pills is like eating a steak's worth of this drug without all that other bits and bobs. Now, and over the past, like, I don't know, since I started, I, I was playing around with different dosages and stuff. And <laughs> you I can, found out. <laughs> I found out the hard way that if you take too many of them, it'll, it'll, you'll not have a good day. What happens? Uh, so I learned that if you take two of the true niogen, which is the nictinamide riboside, uh, if you take two of those, the first day, it was fine. And it says on the pill bottle, take two of these, but I'm pairing them with something else, which amplifies them. So, uh, yeah, the first day is great. The second day, you're like, wow, I have too much energy. What the (laughs) hell is going on? The third day, I had, like, brain fog. I couldn't think clearly, and I could not sleep. I stayed up for an entire, like, 24-hour period. I had to wait for for it to wear off. And then I didn't take it for about a day to, like, cleanse it out of my system a little bit. But then once I finally landed on one of each per day, oh, my God, I feel way better. Cool. Well, that's simple. But but that's not all. There's more There's <laughs> oh. more to what's going on. I'm going to move on from pills and go into pancakes. I, I, I mean, I, I, hold up, though. Mm, I mean, sh- are we in a position where we should, in fact, be buying these pills generic and, and licensing mm. them as our own... Um, Oh yeah, well we should combine uh, them together uh, and one nutraceutical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think we should. We can charge triple. <laughs> Look forward to Nerdy exactly Show anti aging pills. Did. I'm pretty sure it's just vitamin B3. It might be because I've just I've, add a tiny little bit of ginseng in there too, right? I've worked with a lot of B vitamins in my time, and they all have wacky names when you look them up. Like riboflavin is a type of is like B seven or something, and then there's a bunch of ones that are just different names. And I'm pretty sure the one you guys have been eating is just large, large doses of vitamin B three that you should not. But we be feel eating. great, Brandon, yeah, because vitamin B <laughs> supplies energy, and it doesn't make you crash as much as you know speed will hey, or Brandon. caffeine. Hey, Brandon. Vitamin B's nuts. Oh, oh my God. Uh, what's the other pill? There's so there's the niogen, true niogen. And what's we'll the we'll put the links in in the uh, in the episode's description, and uh, you can read all about it later. And I'm and gonna put them in my. We, we had a whole episode about this, so we're not gonna go into too much more detail. Yeah, but, but back to the pancakes. <laughs> so I've been yeah. on a quest lately to make the. I've been I've been wanting to replicate a pancake that I had in the past. It was a pineapple upside down pancake. And I think that I've come very close to it, uh-huh. and and it was probably one of the most delightful breakfast foods that I've ever made for myself in my lifetime. I'm having a structural integrity problem. <laughs> uh, on the flip, I, uh, they're a little bit too cakey. Um, they taste amazing, uh, but I just wanted to no. brag about how great I am at at cooking something delicious. Real quick. Well, where where did <laughs> where did these originally find their way to your mouth? I was in Michigan and at some little greasy spoon type diner, and uh-huh. I was like, pineapple upside down pancakes. I have to try that. And they were 
fantastic and i finally took the time to replicate them and right on and they're and they're great they're great they well, taste just like having pineapple upside down cake for breakfast well congratulations yeah Maybe maybe once I figure out the structural integrity, we can post the recipe oh. on on Nerdy Show or something. Oh, well, I mean, we've uh, every now and then, uh, resident Nerdy Show chef Crystal uh, talks about like, what if we did a cookbook? And yeah, I'm like, maybe we should. I've got a lot of cool recipes. <laughs> I do too. The, we typically, uh, in terms of like the Nerdy Show store, the things that tend to sell are dice. So I don't know if people are going to want to buy a cookbook. Well, have we tried a cookbook? We have not. You've sampled some of my recipes. You know I think how we just they are. We oh, just I, have I to start throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, yeah. Nerdy Show YouTube cooking channel. Well, we right? we, we we already actually we already have a whole microsode devoted to our failed experiment adamantium chef, which hopefully will resurrect someday. But uh, that's we a had lot that of... bacon episode. I'm going to count that. Many episodes back, months ago, we sliced into this uh, Nerdy Show program that you're listening to right now um a small clip of my interview with talking heads frontman david byrne when i was interviewing him about his film true stories uh so if that piqued your interest at all that interview is finally out in full via consequence of sound on the titular consequence of sound podcast via the consequence podcast network which i also run uh so that's out it's fun uh the the new criterion collection edition of true stories uh is out now it's my favorite movie I feel pretty strongly that it was an influence on Earthbound, aesthetically speaking, though I still haven't been able to confirm whether or not it had distribution in Japan or how it performed in home video sales in Japan to further corroborate that. I could also just straight up figure out a way to ask Shigesatsu Itoi, who created Earthbound. I don't know. But in the interview, a thing that you won't hear in the interview is when I asked David Byrne if he knew how it performed in Japan, specifically so I could find out if perhaps it did have an influence on Earthbound, and the answer is we still don't know because he didn't know. Uh. I also recently interviewed Janelle Monet. By the time you're listening to this, the article may have been published on Consequence of Sound, but I don't know for sure that that is the fact, so I won't be able to say much about it yet. But it was very cool speaking with her. And if we can link to it, then I will link to it. Did you ask her about her appearance on Stargate Universe? You know, I didn't. What the hell? Well, there was just so That's much going on. That's the only thing I would have even cared about. Wait, was she on? Did she make a guest appearance on Stargate Universe? Yeah, as no. herself. Fuck, I don't remember that. Yeah, like, what the hell? The characters went to a concert that she was the headliner of. But I, Stargate Universe? Yes. I mean, this has been a big year Isn't for that her. is the one where they're in a ship on the way between, like, galaxies or something really horrible? Well, you need to watch the show to figure out how they would work in a Janelle Monae concert. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm assuming that they either did a flashback or no? some ridiculously high sci-fi, like, oh, shit, we're in an alternate reality dimension somehow. You're like wrong on all they accounts. Wound up in the 1970s by going back through the beam near a solar flare. It's probably just like a headset. You're, you're just completely wrong. Anyway, her record from this year, Dirty Computer, was rad. The Emotion Picture, which you can watch on uh, on YouTube, is rad. It's a short film. And uh, also, also Wonderland, the Wonderland Art Society, which she's a part of, the, the sort of like creative uh, conglomerate that develops all of her work with her. Um, they just signed a exclusivity deal with uh, with Universal to make films. So they're going to be producing in the coming years a number of diverse stories made by diverse voices featuring diverse people, which is very, very, very fucking exciting. Um, we're may hopefully going to see some awesome Afrofuturist films aside from Black Panther. Um, not that there haven't been some out there, but they're you know just not as as big or or well distributed productions uh, along those lines. I've been 
producing a limited series on Consequence Podcast Network called The Opus, which is what's been kicking my ass the most the past month. Um, it's uh, co-produced with Sony. So we're working with Sony Music to create this uh, this podcast. And the focus of it is uh, every season is four episodes long, and those four episodes focus on a legendary record and uh, exploring its continued relevance uh, and how how it's how the narrative surrounding that music has continued to evolve over time. So the first one we did was Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks, and in January we're following it up with Jimi Hendrix's Electric Ladyland. I think it turned out wonderful, but it's been a huge ordeal. It's some of the most complicated editing that I've done in my career so far. And if, if I've done my job well, you won't be able to tell. Um but uh, there's a lot of a lot of reconfiguring of um, like when you when when you get presented with these hour long interviews that you need to call down into less than thirty minutes of content and like and the people will be talking in winding ways and you have to sort of stitch together completely disparate conversations that are about the same thing. It turns into this whole like timeline editing thing in your head and you start to feel very crazy. I'm like totally burnt out right now. I mean like I I took a full blown day off yesterday. I didn't what? touch any kind of work. You don't Holy take shit. days off. I sat down and I read Madeline Lee Angle's Wind, Wind in the Door in one sitting. Like just Reading me. is not a day off. Reading is hard work for me. Maybe for just me, but It was very pleasurable. Ugh, reading words on pages. I sat down and I just read a book. Any, I didn't care about anything were there else. Any pictures? In the book, there was there, there's this there's this one part that were shows there any a, quick time a sort events. Of a, a zig, there was a zigzag line <laughs> in the book. Was there dinosaurs or dragons? Uh, well, if you're not familiar with A Wind in the Door, it's the sequel to uh, A Wrinkle in Time, and uh, the one with Oprah. The one with Oprah, yes, it and did uh, horrible in the box office maybe i don't know what it did i mean at the box office perhaps but i don't know what it did in home video but it, but it was uh it was not perfect by any means but i think it could do good anyway and it was very lovely the film but i think i discussed that on a prior episode anyhow there are dragons kind of oh well then it um, at least gets a point in my book charles wallace Space um, dragons well it's it's actually it, charles wallace the young boy who's like vaguely psychic to a degree he, he believes he's seen a dragon, but it was really something quite uh, complicated that he only perceived as being the a dragon being the best explanation. So it's not a real dragon. Well, what he saw was a, a mass of, of eyes and wings and flames and feathers that were also scales that he assumed was a cluster of dragons, but in fact was what our human brains would commonly mythologically perceive as a cherubim. Not, I don't know what that is. Not the little cute angel babies, but like uh, the like biblical like fuck mess of uh of crazy of imagery. eyes and wings uh, of and eyes shit and wings. you know yeah. i have a magic card i think that has one of those mm. i'm just saying it's a great <laughs> fucking card. i can resurrect things anyway <laughs> so it's it's a very it's a very very cool story about darkness and love and doppelgangers and uh existential quandaries and the 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 scale of the universe and uh the like both very small and extraordinarily large and and perception uh and i'd read it two other times but uh but this time really sank in and i mean it it always sunk in it actually it was it's a pretty influential book for me but i came away with only like a handful of the the totality of the ideas that are in it so that was it was basically it was a good experience and it was a great day off and uh what else I've been getting my face lasered, <laughs> like, like just to burn it, just for fun. Like, oh, and a fucking hole in my face, just fucking laser it. Or you mean like hair, like follicle removal? Yeah, you gotta be more specific. Laser yeah. hair removal, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you get to keep it when you're done? Because like when you go to the dentist and they take <laughs> your teeth, sometimes <laughs> you just get a pile of they don't hair. Let, they don't let you keep your fucking so, teeth because it's a biohazard. So it's my it, fucking it, teeth. How is it a biohazard? Hair. 
What? It uses lasers on the hair. The lasers go into the hair, and then the hair goes explosion. <laughs> the hair just explodes. <laughs> I thought they stopped using laser. I thought they used a little electronic like shocks to well, remove follicles. There's there's electrolysis and there's laser hair removal, and they're two separate things that for two different hair types. I was evaluated to have a pretty good hair type being uh, with light skin and darker hair for uh, for laser hair removal, which is easier and I think less expensive. Uh, electrolysis is where they have to put a little needle down in the follicle and zap it that way. That lasers takes, a little that bit. That sounds like it takes a long. It time. It sounds like it does sound like it takes. Well, a long let me time. let me ask you a question. Yeah, go so, for it. Recently, because I'm getting old. I've got so much hair in my balls now that <laughs> you can do one of those cool Scottish braids on it and nice. make it really thick. Nice. So about how much do you think it would cost to get that removed with lasers? Like, is this like, is this something that you need to take out a fucking healthcare plan for or a loan? Like a thousand dollars a hair or is it something like $500? Everything's gone for like six months. It's considered, uh, it's aesthetic. So most, uh, most insurances I assume would not cover it. Excellent. And it's, it's mostly like how much time they spend. Uh, like so- per hour. Yeah, like so a session like a session for my face will cost around 200 bucks a pop. Dang. Son. Um yeah, it's not how it's, long it's not does cheap. it last so that you don't have to do it again? Oh, in forever. between sessions. Oh, forever? Yeah. But what you, if but one day you're like I want to grow a beard for no reason? Well, you got to commit. Okay. Hormone replacement therapy doesn't alter my facial hair. I'm stuck with that unless I do this. So, got to commit. So I, you know, facial hair is a is a burden and a nuisance and my skin's really sensitive and like shaving it all the time is is shit shaving does suck so i mean i've thought about getting my beard lasered off because i wear masks so much and it just interferes with forming a perfect seal you wear masks so much i mean don't we all wear masks (laughs) it's very true why do you wear masks yeah why are you wearing masks murdering people Uh, i mean i didn't really care until you put one on but (laughs) you guys never go into situations where you need to put on face masks no he's a science boy snorkeling and scuba diving all those things oh i was hey john is a venture brother okay i was picturing (laughs) uh, yeah i was picturing a scuba diving venture you ever had a rusty venture (laughs) so i mean it is it is very practical and there's um uh, it just it's just expensive but also long long run like you know you you eventually you buy enough razors and enough creams and and so on and so forth and band-aids from when you <laughs> gouge out your flesh um you know then then eventually it'll it'll catch it'll up it'll save you money in the long run so you have to do multiple sessions so like i it's been a month since i did since i did my first session so i'm going back in for another session which is why coupon. i've got like a i'm not done yet and you got to get like they got to pick up like uh spares you know like see so like oh did we miss anything are you going to do the, are you going to do the legs I mean, obviously, you're gonna do everything at some point. No, you're gonna be like a nice, like fucking smooth seal, like a smooth baby walrus, a loose seal. I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot of fucking money. That's a ton. I mean, um, over time, not all at once, you know. Like if you get if you had the money, you would be like, dip me in a vat of air. I mean, look, I I have cut me full of lasers. I have nothing against body hair, and I feel that like that no one should should be uncomfortable with it. But it, you know, it's an aesthetic decision to have it or not. You shouldn't feel any societal pressure towards that. And I do not feel that one way or another, except for that I will be misgendered constantly. See, I there was a time in my life where I'd love to not have any facial hair, but uh-huh. then I realized that having some facial hair. Makes me not look as horrible because my face sucks. So you I got like a cute little. Face, I like co- no. I like covering it with some some fur, but not too much that I look homeless. Have you tried covering it with a mask? <laughs> you know that's your solution to everything, John. Put a fucking mask on it. <laughs> God, gonna have sex? Better put a mask on. Fucking gonna rob a bank. Wait, you don't have a on. sex mask? That's the one part part where I was like, oh, okay. Going well, to I a guess, funeral, better I put guess. my fucking mask on. <laughs> Jesus, John. John's pretty active in the bedroom. Sex, <laughs> sex mask, obviously. 
It's got a sex mask. It's got so a is it more like mask. a like a samurai kind of like oni mask, or is it like a, a fetishy zipper mouth mask? The long like... the long nose from the oni. So it well, I mean that in. completely depends on the day. That's a tengu. Place. Is it is it like a plague doctor mask? Or you uh... have your funeral plague doctor mask, and then you have your fun, sexy, uh, you know, uh, paper mache clown mask for you know the, the parties i just i just how do you get a good seal on a paper mache mask <laughs> not very well but you can i don't feel like your beard's gonna come into play on that you one you gotta use water jets for the rubber though well here's how you get a good seal you go to a like a say a thrift store and you buy as many copies of like seals records one through three as you can on cd ah. and you take the booklets and you use those to get a good seal on the uh on the mask that and then you just have to <laughs> Finish it off with a kiss from a rose yeah. to be able to. <laughs> Guys, put, I was put the just about to say. <laughs> did you know? Unrelated, but sort of related. There's an entire panpipe uh, rendition. You screwed it up. You said, <laughs> "Did you know?" And then you were supposed to follow up with, "When it snows." No, I, I'm not. I'm not going to quote lyrics from the God, fucking song. You just missed opportunity, Brandon. Wow, that made my eyes become large. <laughs> I, I hate the song, so I don't even want to quote it. Well, what? it doesn't even make sense. The song doesn't make fucking. S- I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense, but it's dumb. It was <laughs> the only was, good part of that film, Brandon. It was in fucking Batman Forever, and and as John said, it's the only good part of that film. Oh, <laughs> well, now the light that you shine can't be seen. So we're gonna have to move on. <laughs> fucking dumb seal. Get some new material. Anyway, yeah, I'm just gonna do my face. I'll let you know if I'm doing anything else. But your eyelashes and your eyebrows look really <laughs> fucking creepy. That yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, how much for the virtual alopecia plan? <laughs> I'll just do chemo. How about yeah? You know, just just, just it. Not, no, because it can not grow back. Not necessary chemo, just aesthetic chemo. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a thing. <laughs> I hope it's never a thing. That's a terrible thing. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. I mean, I mean, we already take flesh-eating bacteria and inject it in our face, oh. so why not? Why not? <laughs> Fucking chemo. It's probably safer than botulism. <laughs> That's not quite what happens there, but it's You're not enough. quite what happens. Why don't you put on your sex mask and get back in the fucking bedroom and wait for me? <laughs> At least you'll be protected when the tear gas comes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, from the tears that I cry. <laughs> um, in, in nerdy show-related production news, obviously Call of Cthulhu is still coming out every other week. Every week that we're not putting out one of these shows, there's a Cthulhu. And that Kenneth Rogers is fantastic and, Oh, so yes, far. makes such, such... Oh, we could do, we could do a, a Kenneth Rogers rotisserie chicken recipe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Oh, he can be in the new movie. <laughs> I'm going to have to brush writing. up on my chicken skills. <laughs> Wait, you mean that was... You were playing a character that wasn't real? Um, yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> I'd probably sous vide a chicken. I don't know how to properly roast one. Well, John sous vide a uh, turkey for Thanksgiving. And John, I know I've said this enough, but like, once oh, again, it was great. It I, was didn't, so I didn't good. even sous vide it. That one wasn't even sous vide. <laughs> what? How did you make the turkey so tender? It was so soft. It was like eating a meat cloud. The yeah. answer to that is restaurant supply stores. <laughs> oh, I want a meat cloud. What the fuck's a meat cloud? It sounds delicious. It's so light and flaky. Well, that's actually a euphemism for fart. Oh. So those turkey breasts actually came in a oven bakeable bag where you effectively just cut an inch in the top, put it in for the timer, and then yank it out. Well, my compliments no. to the robot chef because it <laughs> was <laughs> heavenly. Did you well, do something I mean, like that with the mashed potatoes too? Or is that... Oh, uh, no, the, that's were the potatoes alive? Yeah, right there. Oh, hey, we were all at Thanksgiving together. All of us. Yeah. yeah. Remember that time? We well, I mean, I just, it's so unusual that that would be the case. 
But it was. Uh, I brought like six cans of cranberry sauce, uh, the <laughs> jelly <laughs> stuff. Cranberry tower. And <laughs> no, Brandon made a jelly. Cranberry mountain. Yeah, Brandon made cranberry mountain out of them. <laughs> Surprisingly, most people didn't even touch. I touched oh, some I, of it. I ate like three quarters of a can by myself because <laughs> nobody else was touching it. So I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and well, eat this mountain. John, there you also made a cranberry. amount of cranberry. It's like seven different types of cranberry sauces people brought. <laughs> and, then, well, and that's why I was getting on John, John's case about like, please bring turkey you're the only one who can bring meat no one else is listening to me and then you save thanksgiving john by bringing meat when no one else would thank you john every year we have to have something in excess this year it was cranberry last year everybody made mashed potatoes (laughs) Mm, mm. what's next year well i don't know maybe everybody will make a meat or jello it'll it'll be green bean again (laughs) <laughs> it's the yam apocalypse. <laughs> I'm gonna put turkey chunks in like lime aspic. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be great. I mean, that's that's in the recipe book as well as the um, everything has lime jello. <laughs> aspic that yeah, just, sounds like that would old... make my teeth go gray. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, other nerdy show things. So, so uh, for those of you who support us on Patreon, um. We do release early Call of Cthulhu episodes. We're going to be releasing them a little bit more down to the wire because we decided to splurge and actually commission a little bit more original score for the season. So um, we're waiting on that. That's the big the big clencher there. Um, but we'll get them to you as soon as as soon as they're done. You will have them. Um, also. We recently concluded the recording of season three of Ghostbusters Resurrection. It is all recorded. All the Unbelievable. episodes. Like several years later, it is done, and we will begin releasing them next year. All right, I'm going to start episode one because I haven't listened to any of it yet. You've so got I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Yeah. It's I'll, good. I'm it's cool. I co wrote season three with Doug. Um, we had a really great time designing scenarios and creatures and creating all kinds of really remarkable and I, I feel innovative ways to fuck with our cast if to produce the most incredible improvised storytelling. If I don't give a shit about Ghostbusters, will I still enjoy it? Well, sure. I mean, you can get invested in the characters. It's it's chaos. It's mayhem. And hold on. Let's get back to the part where you don't give a shit about Ghostbusters. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. All right. I mean, I like, I liked the really terrible animated one. Oh, the filmation God. one? Um, yeah, whichever one wasn't the real Ghostbusters. The, the one, one with the gorilla. Yeah, that one with the fucking that gorilla. Filmation's that, Ghostbusters. And then yeah. I like the one with yeah, the, the guy. that's a complicated thing there. The guy in a wheelchair and the goth girl. Extreme Ghostbusters, yes. Extreme. They were great. <laughs> but then you get into the movies, and everyone has, like, decent... Like, the first two movies, everyone's kind of, like, a decent actor, and the jokes <laughs> are clever, and the music's brilliant, and you're just like, oh, give me another Marvel and DC movie any day. <laughs> so not for me. <laughs> oh, that's a good film review. Practical effects. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, we, we just mentioned Patreon recently, and we're probably around the middle of the episode before we start talking about Fallout 76, and also I have a dream to share. Oh, that's um, been a while. Oh, it's going to take an hour. Oh, we'll see. We'll if see, you we'll took see. the same pills that John and I took, then, you know, maybe you'd have <laughs> dreams more often Does to anyone talk have about. these pills, and I have some right now? <laughs> not, not. I want to have dreams again. <laughs> I don't typically bring pills with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyhow, so... We have a lot of new patrons, actually, like quite a few, and I am so very thrilled to uh, to be able to to welcome them to the uh, Nerdy Show uh, party. Kellen Lester and uh, Michael Valley. I also have names: Lyle B. Kimball and Donovan Meeks. And I've got um, a new patron uh, not available. <laughs> 
What? I, I don't know. Someone's name on Patreon is in slash A, not available. We also have Matt Connor from North Carolina Comic Con, who uh, who's a very kind soul and is now supporting us on Patreon. Thanks, Matt. There are lots of cool perks like early releases of any content we have that's out that's ready early. You can get it. Um, yeah, they were, most recently they were getting the new episodes of Call of Cthulhu like th- multiple weeks before they were out yeah at least the the, the first uh the yeah, first, the first, the first several episodes yeah uh, but patrons and, got to dive in way early yeah and 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 if everything if we're able to catch up to the music we've commissioned then that's going to be the case for the the final episodes as well uh in theory anyway um and uh also uh, anyway so go to patreon.com slash nerdy show and you'll see all the different perks all the different tiers all the different things you can access um, and, and every little bit does count. So even if you have a dollar to donate, but you like what you like, you like our programs, please do consider supporting us. Um, we are in fact starving artists. Um, aside from the fact that, yes, I do, I do realize that I just said I'm spending hundreds of dollars on facial hair removal. I do yeah, recognize cat. that. However, starving. I've been saving up for that for like a year. You millennials, if you stop buying your avocado toast and laser hair removal, you could afford that house. Oh, does anybody have any avocado toast? That I, I could good. use it. I don't want to pay my rent this month. I need yeah. avocado toast. You can also support us by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Getting the word out in any way, shape, or form is awesome. Now, this this program, Nerdy Show, we've been a lot of things over the years. We're about to enter our 10th anniversary year. We don't even really know what that means yet. We've got a lot of like kind of we kind of have bigger fish to fry quite frankly like we're doing programs that are well outside the purview of uh I think of, you just came up with the perfect idea right there the 10th anniversary nerdy show fish fry Did I <laughs> what did I say <laughs> <laughs> We've got other fish to fry Oh so <laughs> okay obviously our right, 10th so, anniversary is a fish fry everyone's invited Yeah yep. come on down to Orlando Florida you come to the nerdy show studio we're going to we're going to stink it up with grease and uh, we're going to fry a lot of fish going mostly cod but if I'm, you take any home, you can't uh, take it to work and then microwave it in the work microwave. It's ill-advised, because yeah. that is the worst thing that you could possibly do with I'm, leftover fish. I'm going to tell everyone to do that. I'm going to hand out a little pamphlet saying <laughs> what to do with your leftover fish. <laughs> microwave it at work. I'm going to do that. We'll do a little like IKEA style pictographic representation. We don't we don't, you know, we don't want to assume that everyone's speaking English, so we just need to show them with images. I'm also so going to definitely <laughs> microwave their cod. For, let me let me let me finish up the the rating and reviewing thing. So <clears throat> please please do jump in, rate and review. Uh, and if you do, well, then we will uh, we will read it here on the show. For example, Kausa Balu chimed in and reviewed uh, our North Carolina Comic Con episode, North Carolina Comic Con X Innocent Target. Uh, she said, "Do you like listening to podcasts in cars? How about listening to cars in podcasts?" Fortunately. There was a question mark there for the for the auto nerd in you. This episode of Nerdy Show lets you do both at the same time. It's a good time listening to the group's adventures at NC Comic Con while they're driving home from it. If there's one downside, it's that we don't get to hear more stories of Cap's experiences as a panel member and how it compared to being a panel host. Well, I can briefly say that it's just more relaxed when I don't have to worry about being the one asking the fucking questions. <laughs> it's nice to sit back and, and like I'm I'm doing for like for 10 years. I'm the one doing the interviewing and only on very rare occasions is someone interviewing me when the shoe's on the other foot. That's kind of fun. Let's do that next episode. We'll interview you. We'll sit over there and Bor and I will just ask you the hard questions. Oh, OK. Well, about we do your that. life, about your family, everything. We'll get uh, to the root of you. Well, Podchaser did actually publish a um, they they did a, a long interview with me, and it didn't end up in an interview format, but they they published a little like piece on on me as a podcast professional, which is which is cool because that's 
never happened before in all this time. So, hey, that, <laughs> rad. I'm a, I'm a personality now. I get interviewed now. Ha! Someday I'll have a personality. Oh, no. Brandon, you got a you got dream a sub- on substantial. No. Oh, I need those pills. You got to a dream on. You got a girthy personality. <laughs> Hey, good segue. Okay, let's talk about dreams. Um, in the past, when I've shared weird dreams that I've had on the show, they've generally had a, a narrative structure. I have a lot of very narrative-driven dreams. This one's a bit more conceptual. It's a uh, it's it's a bit bizarre. And feel free to feel free to interrupt and ask questions and so on. So, the thing that it, it ended with when I when I woke up in this kind of tense weird dream, I, the idea came to me as like this is like an X Files episode. And if it was an X Files episode, it would be called Double Mumbo Jumbo. Sounds like a Venture Brothers episode. There's name. there's a reason for that, but we'll we'll get to it, and I'll just read what I've written here because it's kind of complicated. But again, should I get some to... popcorn? Like this is gonna be a, this is a nice long one, like movie epic quality of dream. Well, like that you're I said, describe? it's not narrative. Okay. Um, <clears throat> not not in any conventional sense, anyway. So you take stories about people having extraterrestrial visions, hinged on inanimate objects becoming something more, strange trees or ominous lamppost silhouettes. Things that become the kind of human-esque but abstract, childishly doodled forms from, say, older abduction encounter documents. Um, the, the existence of these unassuming objects in real life acts as a deterrent for anyone believing the people who saw something more. So in the dream, um, in these terrains that are a lot like, uh, like, like rural spaces in wintertime, there'd be trees that would manifest into these, these abstract beings that would be speaking uh, to a human being who would be in awe and mostly terror of what they were encountering. And I was feeling all this, like feeling their their terror in in in, in energy in these in these experiences. And they were trees. They were they were all kinds of stuff. They were they were like a tree, uh, a fractured tree bark next to a, a, a telephone pole alongside a dirt road. Like and that shape, that silhouette at nighttime would manifest into something sinister. Like like say, I mean, I've never done any hallucinogenic drugs of any kind, but uh, you know, you often hear stories about about shapes or shadows or things becoming something else, and it's like that. It's like. Uh, like just a collection of shapes becoming a monstrosity of some kind. But in this case, something that the people who are witnessing it believe is extraterrestrial. Um, So when they, when they say with all certainty that, you know, like, no, this thing was right here. It spoke to me. And all anybody sees is a tall dead tree trunk that has a slight resemblance to what they're describing. Their words are immediately disavowed in spite of the, you know, you can tell this person truly felt terror, but obviously they're just, they're just crazy. There's something wrong with them. And what's more, these people now have uh, what are referred to as protective utterances. I don't know if that's a real thing. It's just something, some terminology that I, I got after the dream. So they're like spastic murmurings, filling the gulfs of silence in between words, and most importantly, thoughts. They're gibberish that uh, they develop that makes them assuredly seem crazy. Because then you have this person telling you about this great shape or whatever, and they're just, they're, they're saying like, oh, well, and like, they'll just like... Speaking in tongues. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, it, 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 uh, the, the next sentence was these words that are, are there no language like speaking in tongues have a power that these people intuitively need to shield them from these things coming to life again or others like them appearing. So like the, uh, they feel that, that if they, they use these terms, they, they, they are effectively like warding off 
these these beings. The mania of these people is engineered. It's guaranteed because no rationally minded person would believe anyone of any background who had any experience like this. But the X Filesness of it all um, is exactly this point. So, but like in in the dream, forces are communicating to these people with these bizarre abstract shapes that become creatures and so on. Um, these extraterrestrials are at least how they process the information. They're not necessarily extraterrestrials, but they are messages from other planes or other forces. Um, the aliens are are magic, and the brain is the receiver picking up signals from the invisible world. What makes the occurrences so scary is that it's happening within the scope of a person's own mind, a hologram played through the home system of their being, their meat. It's so radically different that it's terrifying to process, perhaps even pushing the limits of what our human hardware was made for. And you're sure that you've never done any drugs? I was about to ask. Yeah, you're not on anything. This is a, to- a dream totally How did you get by- all of this information once you woke up? You're like, I remember all of this and I'm writing it I down. I just started writing it down. I mean, it was one of, oh my it's one of those rare moments where you wake up and you're like, shit, that was fucked up. Here go my fingers typing it all away. Like, you know, like. I have had a few vivid dreams where I remember to this day and can recount perfectly. But that, you're on some next level fucking shit. And, and no, no, no pills. I mean, the, you know, like, no, this is not informed by. I, I can tell you what I was just someone's not slipping pills into uh, your, your drinks at night. So. In a different context, this would be a religious experience, but either because of the forces at play or the individual in question who's experienced these things or perhaps the intent of the messenger from beyond, it's a waking nightmare that can forever change the receiver. Because once they experience this, the shock to their system is so severe that they can't really bounce back. They start incorporating protective utterances into their words like a curse to ward off demons. On paper, it means nothing. And they may rationalize it and say, oh, no, it's a secret language or it's an Atlantean tongue. Like, that's what these things are but there's no patterns or elements that hint to any truth to that but it does work in the dream it does work the way they think it does it does in fact ward off these these forces because it's a defense mechanism they've created and they've created a narrative to fill in the blanks for the stuff that they can't explain the mind has has invented this language to occupy parts of itself so it can't be taken advantage of again so these effectively for whatever the reasons of it are these become magic words words that are talismans they're using the principles of magic to wire up their own homemade defenses uh from forces from beyond but it makes them look crazy basically it's a denial of service attack on your own brain to keep people <laughs> from accessing it yeah exactly that's such a good comparison um chapter two so the double mumbo jumbo component of it all double mumbo jumbo is a term that's used for when you combine magic and science in a story to where it doesn't work isn't magic just really advanced science that you just can't comprehend yet well i mean i i, I think I but be- in your dream it's actually legitimately magic i believe that um the reason that the marvel cinematic universe didn't embrace magic as a component of it early on was because they were worried about audiences freezing up at a double mumbo jumbo situation they had to work them up to it um so this is in the X Files plot sense of it. It's that this starts out as aliens, then becomes magic and unexplained forces from beyond. It could be demons or angels. It could be authentically extraterrestrial messages that we can't process because the extraterrestrials themselves are coming from some kind of other like existence that we can't really wrap our heads around. Or it could even be garbled government attempts at MK Ultra mind control that broadcasts so unclearly that it drives people crazy. Um, the method that's used by the human mind to process this impossible data is all the same, and the investigators in an X-Files scenario have to embrace this logic to save themselves. There was sort of a scenario that took place, a brief narrative component in all of this that happened towards the end, where my, uh, like, sort of the, the avatar that I was, that was 
you know, occupying for that component of the narrative, started making these these protective utterances. It felt and it felt totally natural doing it. Um, and I could feel it working. I could feel the gibberish words, in fact, present preventing the visions from appearing to me, preventing me from having to firsthand experience these horrifying scenarios, preventing this eerie dream from becoming a nightmare. Did you watch an episode of X-Files right before you went to sleep? Here's what I watched before I went to bed. Lupasan's Lucy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, no wonder your brain was fucked up. That movie don't make no sense. <laughs> well, it does in a weird way. I feel like it's... um. If you suspend all belief, well, d- disbelief. Well, here's the thing. Lupasan's Lucy is like... You take the cerebral elements of, say, his film Big Blue and then mash it up with his most base scripts that he's ever written. So, like, you have stupid, pointless gunfights and then also this, like, dialogue about the nature of existence. But all the while, not explaining things. Like, because the the premise of Lucy, Lucy's the film, if you'll recall, where Morgan Freeman's like, we only use 10% of our brain. Like, we, and this and then, drug unlocks all of it. Yeah. And we've, we've proved, even when that movie before it came out, we proved that was bullshit. Well, the, it's, it's not that it's bullshit precisely. It's that the context is bullshit. It's that we're, we use all of our brain, but we don't use all of it simultaneously. It's not optimized and for no, efficiency. Nowhere no, in the f- no, 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 no. <laughs> Here comes science, John. <laughs> Take it away, John. Blind me with science, please. John. In the singularity. Keep going. The signal is relevant. Signal requires silence to be a signal at all. Otherwise, it's all noise. So essentially just patterns going through the mind. In other words, the, the stops in between words matter. So are we, are we talking about protective utterances now? Or are we talking about the premise of the Luc Besson film Lucy? What I'm saying is, is that the mind actually is doing everything that it's supposed to be doing all the time. Every bit of it has some sort of a value, but if you had them all firing at the exact same time, it would be of absolutely zero use to you. Well, if they all fired at the same time, wouldn't you just like have a stroke and burn up or do some Parasite Eve shit? I'm assuming that there would be something closer to a Parasite Eve shit. But yeah, basically the whole point is, is that it's the important part of the brain is the patterns of information going through it. Patterns require it firing or not firing. Not firing is just as important as firing. Yeah. Now see... The film was missing was missing that it was missing like a lot of things. It's everything. full of holes. Now there's there's some there's some cool parts of it, but it is it is a broken movie sort of. But um, you can you can enjoy it. Um, but I feel like it was it was Luc Besson's bizarre attempt at an action adventure version of the psychological thriller horror film Altered State, uh, which is like what if you went inside a sensory deprivation tank and it turned you into like a primal human being? Because in this case, Lucy is not just um, Scarlett Johansson's character's name but it's also referencing the fact of like the first the nickname for the first you know human like uh entity it's pretty on the nose i think it is i thought lucy was a remake of powder no i think powder did it better powder evolves and uses more and more and more of its brain until he becomes like pure energy doesn't that happen so they they used pills in that it was it was not pills it was it was a uh it was a blue powdery crystal substance we're talking about lucy Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. yeah lucy um, she she is so uh, a drug. she's forced into being a drug mule and then and a, guy, breaks. a guy tries to rape her and then she like puts up a fight and so he kicks her in the guts. Well, I don't need the whole the whole movie. Yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah. movie reviews now. We've done a book club episode <laughs> and a movie review episode in this one episode. We're packing, we're packing a lot in this. Yeah. Yeah, everybody everybody knows that it's not drugs that unlock the full potential of your brain. It's a it's a tumor in your brain that 
has little tendrils that go all through it. And, and they then, activate weird dormant parts that you don't yeah, normally it, use. Yeah, it creates a weird phenomenon in your brain. Mm. Well, here's the weird thing about Lucy is that is that as she grows to like to get access to more and more of a percent of brain usage within the conceit of the film, uh, regardless of what the reality of science is, um, she starts to develop psychic abilities, reality warping abilities, time manipulation abilities, all these different bizarre abilities that showcase that for some somehow and for reasons they never even attempt to explain her having access to more uh, processing power within her own mind enables her to warp reality around her at will, which I think was the I think the uns, unspoken intention of Luc Besson in this in this instance and maybe I'm putting words in his mouth I don't know was uh to uh, was was that reality is a simulation that we all collectively are creating like we are agreeing upon the parameters of reality so then once we have like unlock more of our mind we're able to warp it in like our the matrix it. except you're not physically in a reality virtual reality you're making the reality right around this you. is the matrix is reality it's a collective reality that everyone is making yes what if you're the only one who's making it and we're all just figments of you making it and there's no way for you to prove um, otherwise um, I'm not even here. <laughs> That plus a lot of other elements, I feel informed my capacity to have this dream. There were a lot of other things that have, I mean, like these. What this dream is not an original idea, but the way it was presented to me was so uh, so visceral and potent that I was able to develop an understanding of the reality of people experiencing things like this that I didn't have. Uh, I only had in in suggestion, but not in experience. Like for example, John and I both watched a documentary, which I can't remember the name of, um, off the top of my head. Uh, I'll look it up. It's about a man who's been painting these bizarre er erotic extraterrestrial abduction narratives. I just, I knew, I knew that it was going to go somewhere into yeah. the erotic zone. That was a weird over thing. Here. We've arrived. It's a really, it's a really fascinating documentary. This guy is a wonderful artist, and the things he's painting are from as far as he's certain like certain with com complete conviction that these are things that happened to him and he has been having an on again off again love affair with a with an extraterrestrial entity and he's for, painting this and he and he's and he's painting the, the the narratives it's helping him to remember these things that are like that slip through the cracks of reality um i'm imagining just someone having sex with an alien and drawing a painting yeah no it's basically a great with, with a wig practically uh, yes. <laughs> it's called it's called love and saucers and it's a fantastic documentary and i highly recommend it i mean the guy's probably crazy it's but. uh the film well, follows 73 year old hoboken man david huggins who claims to have a, had life a lifetime of encounters with extraterrestrial creatures including forming a romantic relationship and losing his virginity to oh one. his art Ooh, nice right you no know, um did this does, has he always been drawing this or when he just got old a tumor developed and made Here's him what crazy happened, brandon he was going along and he had a completely normal life. Then one day he starts having these memories come back. And well, that's basically. Okay. It. So the dude had a stroke and I feel really bad for him. Right, then, right, right. So aliens. whether or not, you know, he started wind up having like some sort of bizarre memory creation as an effect of that. You know, but yeah, I would say that that's basically it. He was completely ordinary and then something happened to he him. Smelled, and then he he smelled burnt toast and all of a sudden he remembers yeah. the aliens. I mean, that's, that's the that's logical happens. answer to it, right? Happens to all of us. Logical right. answer, but there might not be a logical answer to it. Well, Either no, way, unless there it is. <laughs> I mean, like, but but it's it's a beautiful way to like experience like his reality is different from our reality. Like that, there's no re like we're we are all our perceptions of reality are exclusively how we as individual like collections of electro like electronic pulses are experiencing the world through the configurations of our meat hardware. Like 
we won't perceive colors or tastes the same way. We are we are effectively weird little diving suits in this reality, experiencing we're little things. bags of meat. Yeah, exactly. Going around and doing all, diddle, doing little meat bag we're, things. We're all different, and we're all experiencing it in different ways. So, what is and isn't reality is completely subjective from individual to individual. And uh, and I feel that that was at the heart of uh, of this dream, or one of the many things at the heart of it. Um, but it was it was fascinating, like because I, I, I these are sort of things where like. You know, as a child, this would have been a nightmare. But instead, it was it was just jarring. Um, the documentary, I'm, I'm, or what happened to him? No, the dream that I had. <laughs> oh, okay, um, I was like, we're still analyzing Cap's psyche. But it's it's a. Uh, I, I'm really I'm really grateful for these experiences and these opportunities to to experience things in new ways. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but you know, like, well, I you already wrote the first chapter of your novel. You got it done. <laughs> you just read it to us in audiobook format. It, I mean, it, it, there's no narrative component, but but maybe you know maybe I could turn it into a, an That's, audio it's drama. The prologue, you know, it's the it, prologue. I think narrative I think components sets overrated. Up, <laughs> like there's a there's 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 a definite there's a definite opportunity to use this experience as a scaffolding for creating an audio drama or some kind of other story, and uh, and doing more of that is really like, folks, like let me be frank about things. I'm so fucking done with being a journalist. I'm so over it. Like I'm tired of reporting on other people's like art. I'm I've always been dedicated to making my own, and as a result of like of my job, like I have not been able to do that successfully. Like doing Call of Cthulhu and doing these other narrative projects is extremely fulfilling, and I'm going to be doing more of that. Like I'm, I still I love talking with other creators. I love talking with David Byrne. I love talking with Janelle Monae. They're like they're, I I, I love doing stuff like that. But like I'm. You know, and I love hanging so out. You I love found, talking about video games. You but have found what makes you fulfilled in life. Well, I, I've always known what makes oh, me fulfilled can we, in life. Can we, but, do, can we do me next? Yeah. Do, can what, we find out what makes me enjoy life? Because so far, it's nothing. Well, Brandon, when, when you... when you, uh, I want to know what makes me fulfilled. Is it eating a hot dog? Maybe. Well, what was what was the plot you pitched me earlier this afternoon with the... Uh, the, the what, Too Full, Too Furious? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, it's just a stupid... We were going to make a movie called Too Full, Too Furious... And the idea was obviously it's a parody of Too Fast, Too Furious. If you couldn't get the gist, and you're gonna start with a sequel. Yeah, and we. Well, it was gonna be a sequel to the Food Crawl episode of Nerdy Show. Yeah, but then it evolved into like a movie script where they're just gonna hire like seven or eight of like these really good like world championship food eating contest winners. I don't know what they're called. Like Uh you got like the skinny little Asian guy who can eat like a thousand hot dogs, and they they all go on a heist together. And they're just all food eating championships. And, and but not a bank heist. Uh, uh, I, I suggested to Brandon uh, like the Harbo gummy bear recipe, and he was like, "Oh, well, okay." But then they find out the recipe is not at the corporation. It's in the like it's in the owner's house, and they have to break in there, and it's full of. <laughs> oh no- yeah, it's I see. I already forgot what I pitched <laughs> you. They 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 break into the owner of Haribo's house to get this secret gummy bear recipe, and as soon as they break, like they got everything, like they're trying to figure out the layout, the cameras, all the stuff, and as soon as they get in there, they figure out there's just Nazi paraphernalia everywhere because it's owned by a german man but it's obviously so it's just nazi paraphernalia and they're sneaking around there's scenes of like this guy has like this little tiny mustache and he's combing it and he's like trying on different types of mustache he's like oh this one looks so good and they're just breaking in and it's basically just that's my movie it could could just be like that could be a whole series of just heists It, it could be heist movies to get the recipes for famous things that nobody else knows the recipe for, like Bush's baked beans, Coca Cola. <laughs> Coca Cola's you know? in a museum in Atlanta, I think, right now. What's in the secret sauce? In the yeah. secret vault there. I mean, my my favorite part of the whole thing KFC was KFC chicken was was, was uh, the the idea of this like this awful like 
Like it's a, like, it's a harmless thing. We like want to get this not, recipe. Nazi it's great. sympathizer guy trying on cute little false Hitler mustache. He's wearing like, the red. He's wearing the red armband and it's just being like so so pathetic about it. Like it. Uh, like, which Hitler am I today? And he's got a little comb over, and they're just like, what the fuck is happening? And then, and then, trying to get know, this then, recipe. then it changes. They're like, all right, fuck that guy. We got to get this recipe, but fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I, well, well, anyway. I think that that's actually a really interesting angle because you have these thieves breaking in, and like, what if what he was doing was actually straight criminal? Like, you know, they break in and it's like, oh, man, what the fuck? These guys got enough weapons to start World War Three. And he's got he's got people chained in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> Just exactly. That's a weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You break in and it turns out that the person's like really, really. And so then you're like, OK, well, shit, do we do we go to the police? But we're breaking into his house. It's the only reason why we know this. Like, this is know. also rated R because it's mean. I got to have some fucked up shit in the movie. <laughs> so, you know, well, I mean, on a, that's I don't know, Brandon, I don't know how you feel about it. But when you start writing crazy plots, you always surprise and delight me with things like I never would have thought of that. Like it it's so it's so my grammar's terrible i'm a writer but yeah but you're an idea person george lucas can't direct a fucking movie but he was an incredible (sighs) idea person he what he well i could argue with you on that well but if if you if you took the prequels as 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 outlines that was all of his ideas text outlines on on page and you were able to pull in somebody else say well okay let's just do this this and this We'll, we'll develop these components of it we'll restructure it like this filmmaking is a collaborative process writing can be a collaborative process Well, that's what i'm saying is he it wasn't a collaborative process right. when he made you it know, wasn't but but when he made the original films oh yeah because Willow, everyone told him his ideas sucked and then they changed them or told them to make them better or his wife interceded yes exactly so i think his ideas are terrible well maybe the concept behind everything he, I, I feel very strongly that george lucas is an idea guy is a story guy Didn't has he take his idea from like uh japanese films like kurosawa well, and... well but that's the thing is that like is that all great creators are are siphons we're distilleries delicious who, who, who combine outside influences to create one greater story you take all the your collective parts and create something unique from it so yeah george lucas sampled heavily from flash gordon and kurosawa films and all kinds of other like things that he grew up with like racing cars in the 1950s and all this stuff and created star wars which no one had ever seen before um and I mean, even like Janelle Monet, for example, like she she takes all of her influences, like, including George Lucas, George Lucas and Prince and all these different like sci fi's and other other concepts and other musicians that she loves and and compresses it into an d- experience that is, you know, you can you can see reflections of other things in it, but it's also distinctly her own and it's extremely relevant in this moment in time. So anyway, uh, we're at like full episode length now. We haven't talked about. Fallout yeah, 76 Kat, yet. someone had to talk about their dream for a half an hour. I'm sorry. Jeez. I mean, we all knew that was going to happen. Jesus. Well, Fallout 76. <laughs> what can I say that hasn't been said already? No, actually, I've got I've got a whole list of shit I want to talk about, but now my time seems to be no, limited. No, but, no, you, as, but, as long as you want. Um, Do you guys know about the stupid canvas bag controversy? I do know about the canvas bag I don't bag know anything about this. So before some people even loaded the game, the people who bought the $200 collector's edition... um. Got a little surprise in their collector's edition. Now, originally, it was supposed to come with some really cool stuff, like a glow-in-the-dark map or something, uh, the T-51B Power Armor Helmet, which was the main prize. Um, some other stuff, but, like, this really cool-looking canvas Vault-Tec bag to hold the Power Armor Helmet. But what these people got after paying $200 was this nylon flappy shit that looks like a like a $1 bag you can get at the grocery store, like a reusable bag. Yeah, it looks like the cheapest bag you've ever seen. And if it was if that was it and they apologized, that would have been fine, but they didn't. There were there are people on record saying, like, as responses that people have posted saying, um, that we don't, was we don't yeah. plan on doing anything yeah, about that, it. That was the prototype. It was too expensive to make. Uh, we don't plan on doing anything. 
Like, just, we don't plan on doing it. And that was their response initially. So when you pay $200 and it says you get this canvas bag and there's a picture saying this is what you get and you don't get that and they don't give you a refund, that's kind of fucked up. And this that's is before really, some people even played the game. That's really fucked up. I mean, I heard, and also there was the information leak. Yeah. Um, people who were um, getting, who were filing support tickets were seeing, like, all kinds of information that wasn't theirs being revealed to them. Yeah. But also... I mean, since since um, seeing this canvas bag controversy, and it's been like a week or two, they have since started refunding people and sending them like better bags and shit now. I mean, I don't I don't care. This is why I don't buy collector's editions. The if last you, thing I saw yeah. was that they were going to actually make the correct bag and start sending them out because yeah. people were if really you starting to support complain. ticket with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and guy, you got your information compromised. Guys, stop. Stop. Yeah. If you buy collector's editions, just stop. You're supporting this bad habit of bullshit of just really shitty products that you don't need and are gonna forget about for like an insane amount of money two hundred dollars and they couldn't give you a canvas back fuck you the last collector's edition i bought was for fallout 4 and it was the pit boy and it's kind of cool but it's way too big on me and you got to put a phone in it and you got to load an app and it's too hard to use with the game so it's better just to use the in-game menu yeah but that yeah. it was a waste of my time and money i wish yeah. i hadn't have wasted money on that but, but getting man, to the, the basic idea game. was so cool <laughs> yeah it was cool but just like most things bethesda does now which is why the next um elder scrolls game i'm not looking forward to given their quality lately but brandon it'll 76, be decades before the next one comes we'll out see. so you have plenty of time for them to not even exist or be bought out or switch around <laughs> or get their shit together so before i talk about why uh i actually enjoy fallout 76 which is gonna be maybe me and john's the only one in the world who like it I don't even know if John likes it, but a lot of the complaints cap are that uh, there's a lot of game breaking bugs. Yeah. Like, like main quests that just don't work. As it expected. Se- it seems like a half finished game. And I'm like, have you played a Bethesda game before this? They had a 50 gig patch on day one. 50 gigs was the size of the entire game. It basically replaced all of your files. So 50 gigs on day one. Then there's like another patch a few days later. Um, the graphics pretty much look the same as Fallout 4. I don't play it on PC, so maybe it's a lot better. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. It has like the same reused music, uh, the same buggy quests, the There's same There's a lot of volumetric yeah. lighting stuff that they did not yeah. have in Fallout 4. Well, the same items and weapons, the same bu- there's there's was a bug exploit in the first week which got some people to level 80. And I don't <laughs> know how that's enjoyable running out level 80s when you're still level 5. Um, and it really just seems like a, a pretty, like, just like a big expansion to, like, the previous game. But, other than all those things, now, if you if you heard all those things, you understandably have every right to hate this game. If you paid $60 for it, and it feels like a half-assed, unfinished expansion of Fallout 4, you would probably be correct. Um, but since I've played it, and I've played it for a lot of time right now, I can accurately judge my feelings on it and my opinions, which might be slightly different from Boar's or anyone else's here. So I have very specific tastes in video games. Um, and this game meets a lot of them. <laughs> so I, I actually kind of love this game for as, as broken as it is. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason for that is it, it takes uh, Fallout New Vegas survival mode is one of my favorite things. It took that, made it a little bit better. Um, and it also took the base building from Fallout 4, which was uh, all right, a little bit buggy. Um, and they made that... Most people don't like it. I, I, I like that you can... They took that too and they made it so you can build... Almost anywhere, as long as it's not within another structure, you can build anywhere on the map, and it's uh-huh. mobile, so you can move it. And that's kind of your hub of survival, and I like that. That's what I like those two things about the game. Um, I also like that they reworked the entire perk and and leveling system, and I think it's better than three and four's actual leveling system. With caveats, so, of course. 
Yeah, well, I like that, you know, the special stat system, they all start at one. You don't just decide, I want 10 strength at the beginning of the game. They all start at one, and you equip perks that you get to each thing based on a point system, and you can swap them out whenever you want. And that is amazing. I actually, it's a lot more intuitive than the normal uh, Fallout 3 and 4 games. My problem with it, though, specifically winds up being is, is that I feel like passive things that aren't for fighting should always be active because I just find it to be obnoxious to have to swap them out. Like, I should just Mm. know how to lockpick shit. I shouldn't have to swap out three cards so that I can, you know, put them in. Because it's a trading card based Final Fantasy-esque leveling system. Sort of. I mean, you get... There's basically, you get packs of cards that you open every couple levels, but also if you level a skill, you can choose what card you want. So and if you, you can level strength, a card from another skill set as well. Yeah, and then ba- and then each card has a certain amount of points, and given how many points you put in your stats, you can equip that card. But I do like that you can unequip them and swap them out. I think as a community, we need to start getting pissed off when people put collectible card games into everything. It's not a, it doesn't, it's not like I that, know, though. but it's not even, a collectible even thing. now people like them. To the point where they're like, oh, you know what would be a fun leveling system? Collectible card games. You know, like, fuck Except, off. I mean, like, <laughs> I agree, do I agree something with else. you, but it doesn't really feel like that to me because you're you're just upgrading stats and you can choose any card you want. It shows you, like, when you hit level 20, all of these new cards unlock. And so when you click on, like, strength, you get to choose from all the new strength cards. You get to click on one so and, and get oh, that get one permanently. On oh. and, yeah, and you get, and you get oh. it. Sorry. You get, and you get it permanently. But so it's not really like there's no way to go out and find more cards as far as i've seen or like collect them all yeah, that that's, sort of thing you just level your skill and then based on that you get to choose your card basically by level 50 they're all available to you can you just yeah. do whatever the hell you want but the issue there is is that you can't well except you can't upgrade your stats points. yeah so you can only equip a certain amount of points to them which uh, goes but i to, yeah i'm actually having to take off all of my lock picking cards and my hacking cards because i need more like aggressive, you know, fighting based cards like increases to rifle damage or Well, let's be I mean, stuff. that yeah, sounds true. pretty realistic. I mean, that's how you, that's how you would do it out in the wasteland Yeah, is, you just completely forget how to pick a lock. You're like, "Oh, crap, I don't have where where are all my collectible cards that I need to put on so I can pick this lock?" Yeah, I guess oh, it's a Oh shit, weird. that enemy just totally killed me really fast because I didn't have the right cards yeah, in I my imagine, slots. I imagine they've got like a common rider esque belt and they have to put the cards in the belt and then like unlock the fruit lock or whatever oh, and yeah. and then yeah, the, obviously. They get they get the uh, the lock picking juice fills them and so your your pit boy good. the way that that I imagine they would explain it which they don't is that your pit boy is c- like linked to your nervous system and you have to insert these cards and it loads the program into your oh body. Oh my god, that's why no, you survive. That's You're why actually all freaking robots yeah you don't know that everything in virginia really is a robot yeah so you're a robot thanks for ruining it (laughs) shit so my favorite thing my favorite thing about fallout 76 was that right at the beginning of the game they let you play on a little computer screen a version of tapper (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the classic uh, video game tapper uh, where, you, where you fill a, a, a root beer yep and you pass the glass but this one it's like nuka-cola tapper uh-huh you have to catch the glass get the next customer yeah i think i spent i spent 10 I, I minutes spent, on that i spent more than 10 minutes i forgot that. i was playing Fallout 76 for yeah a minute. and then after i got done playing tapper i i, I backed off from the console because somebody <laughs> somebody was gibbering who who's in my world 
Who I can <laughs> I can hear you. Who's in my world? Because oh, the chat radius. Yeah. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh my god! Hey. Day one in the beta, with the chat was just incredibly fucking horrible. I, I don't think you can judge the game based on beta completely, given they start everyone at the same time in the same room. Well, yeah, just a yeah, mess. no, but it was just it was a fantastic like happening. Let's say it was just the weirdest damn thing. <laughs> but um, let me let me just talk about real quick about my favorite things. Why this game is very specific to me. Um, and why I like it. There are two main things that make me like this game and love it, actually. One is there aren't really any NPCs. So in Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, fucking hated all the NPCs. They glitch out all the time. They get stuck in walls. They disappear from your game. Yeah, they instead get, of figuring yeah. out how to make NPCs, they decided, <laughs> they got rid of them. screw it, let's just get rid of them. Yeah, they need to update uh, the system that they've been using for a long time, their, their engine or whatever. But so... There aren't NPCs, but there are. There are no human NPCs, but there are robots. They will, they can still give you quests. You can still barter and trade items and things like that. And they're in one specific spot. So there isn't a quest arrow pointing to nowhere with no person because they've wandered off and slept in a random bed in a town like Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 or giving you random quest missions and then disappearing uh-huh. to build a fucking settlement. So I love that because I hate NPCs. I love them in, in Fallout 2, 3 and 4. I fucking hate it. And the second thing I love about games is playing solo in an online world i don't know if i'm the only one who likes that i i love playing online games where i know there are other people there and i can see them but i like being by myself but i like knowing there's other people out there because i'm a fucking weirdo well i mean i think it is interesting to play an online game that has that has you know other people existing there but i hate the um like i could never i could never sustain interest in a world of warcraft scenario because i don't i want to be able to play the game in a relaxed way and yeah. not depend on other people to achieve That's, yeah things. that i feel the same way so you know it the thing that i like about this game is that there's a there's a survival mechanic obviously and it's something that i don't think has been done before in an online game where it's just like it's a survival mechanic where there are other people trying to survive as well so it's like a post apocalyptic world where when you do encounter a real human it's kind of a treat. It's kind of like, oh, what are they doing? Am I going to sit back and watch? Are they going to be hostile towards me? Right. Oh, they're fighting all these guys. Should I go in and loot while they're doing which, it and get the fuck away back to my base? Which is a pretty authentically wasteland it's, yeah, state exactly. of mind. Yeah. And people, I really yeah. hate the way that they handled PvP in it, though. Oh, well, they've it's, they've changed it a bit, and I don't know how it was in beta, but people can attack. You get huge buffs against players trying to kill you. They okay. basically can't damage you, and then when they damage you enough... They turn red and you can fight back and then you can damage each other. But see, I would either I would rather either have like a toggle where you go into a, a PvP free world where nobody can touch you, or everybody is all PvP all the time. Because this opt in crap was really it was really screwing with me. Because if you have a sniper rifle and you're just like, Oh, there's a guy, I'm gonna go over here and t- take him out. Your first shot's not going to do anything. They're, nothing is going to happen until they fire back at you. So that's, you that's true, yeah. So you can't just have, like, spontaneous PvP. You have to be like, oh, hey, want a PvP? Uh, but you can tell because I shot at you. There you is. Know? And, then, yeah. and then they have to fire back, and then there's... It's just stupid. And then they have the upper hand. The, the second person to engage has the upper hand. Well, they have ways around that, but also the... It, pvp isn't really the thing is it's not really encouraged it exists but they're geared towards more pve but i do love hunting wanted people because when you become wanted and you can just attack someone's base or steal from them or or shoot other people you become wanted you can see them as a giant red dot on the map and it says how much like their wanted level is and they can't see anyone else on the map once they're wanted and so 
it's happened to me, but what I like doing is going around with my sniper rifle and trying to just hunt down wanted See, people around the, the world. the way that I like PvP is the way they handled it way back in the day in Ultima Online, where anybody could do damage to you, but if you attacked somebody and you weren't supposed to, there were, like, laws in the land. So if you attacked somebody and you became a murderer, you're, you would be flagged as a murderer, kind of like they do in Fallout, and everybody could consequence-free attack them. Yeah, yeah. But... The other side of that isn't happening where the murderer couldn't attack you at all. Like, I don't know. If there was, like, safe zones where, you know, people that broke the law weren't welcome or would be killed on site, stuff I'm like sure that. They're, they're going to have to update It would that make soon. more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But the way that they implemented it is, like, they tried to mesh two different systems together, and that doesn't work. Yeah, I feel like it shouldn't even be in yeah. there. But, like it had to be in there, but they should probably just have like PvP friendly server modes or something. Just and make a just, just make a battle royale well, there. Really, the <laughs> the way World of Warcraft happened uh, with Battle for Azeroth is actually a really cool method of of PvP, like opting in and opting out. So in World of Warcraft now, if you want to PvP, you have to go to your home city, like the the capital city for your faction, and enable war mode. And when you do that you basically phase into a world where everybody else is opting into PvP. Yeah. So So anybody that you see, you can kill them. I mean, you don't have to, and they're not necessarily going to kill you. You have perks for for opting into that, like you get experience boosts, stuff like that. But otherwise, if that war mode is turned off, you're totally safe from from players. So I feel like something like that should have probably just been implemented so that way, you know, if you're PvPing, you can actually, you know, get the jump on somebody and, and it's not reality breaking like the current system is. From what I understand, they decided not to make full on PvP worlds because, well, they they didn't want to have separate instances of worlds that are PvP and non-PvP. But they, they could have done it. They just didn't want to. I guess they said that. Uh, from I read a few articles that, that of people complaining they were worried about playing just an online game where people are just constantly killing them and looting them and shooting them. So they designed a world where it's a lot harder to PvP. Now I'm pretty sure they're gonna at some point update it and make the like PvP opt-in worlds. They they're gonna Maybe. have to because people want that. Um, but also I mean all all of the the content that they're going to be adding to this game for life supposedly is free. So if you do find it on a sale, like all the expansions and everything, they're not mm-hmm. going to charge like Destiny 2, another $60 game for eight more hours of content. Which, um, and like, and know, like a damn. bow weapon, a new bow weapon, um, which which I like. So, um, But other than that, I, I've just been well, enjoying the game. You yeah, can, yeah, but you're, you're glossing over the fact that they have, uh, you, you can buy atoms. I've never needed to. Here's the thing. So there well, are microtransactions. To, but that's where they're getting their money. There's this so point. So you say that it's free, but... People I don't are... see people buying that because, okay, Cap, so there's this uh, point system called Atoms. It's like the in-game currency that you can use for just cosmetic stuff. Uh-huh. And they took the free-to-play route with funding themselves in a secondary stream, basically. You can buy Atoms to buy things, but I've played enough that I've got so many points that I can just buy shit without using any real money. So I've got like 2,000 Atoms. I can buy anything in the shop. You just And the challenges reset all the time. So it's like, oh, you killed 50 enemies. You get like... You get like twenty atoms, and it just keeps building up to the point where But they put that in there for you know to attract the whales. True, but nobody needs it. Yeah, it's I mean it's cosmetic, and you can earn the atoms. Like it's not like it's a grind to earn the atoms either. I get them all the time just for playing the game. Mm -hmm. So I don't see the point and why they would even make money off of it. And it is stupid. No one should be doing microtransactions this 
fucking 2018, almost 2019. Or um, a little, little late to the boat, money, right? folks. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, a lot of other people also complain about the story, but I think that's a moot fucking point in Fallout games. There hasn't been a good story, in my opinion. Since, <laughs> there hasn't been a good fucking Fallout story since Fallout 2. Like, three. I just love that your point is, well, you know, the story, you should expect no story from Fallout because it's garbage. Well, people love Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 because of their stories as well. And well, then they, well, people well, complain. But that's like the opposite of what you just said. That's what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying is the stories are garbage, but people are complaining that Fallout 3 and 4 had a much better story than Fallout 76. I'm like, no, they're all just kind of driven with a lot of text and then the NPCs and then you hit a button at the end and not, it's anticlimactic or you shoot someone and then it just ends. And it's not very compelling. I've never been compelled by a follow game. The Witcher series is fucking compelling. They wrote good stories and yeah. they get me engaged. What, what's Bethesda's excuse for every Elder Scrolls game and every follow game just not having a story I give a shit about? I'm just going from point A to point B doing this quest for this NPC. Which ending do I want to see? The Brotherhood of Steel? Oh, oh, I did it. The game's over. I'll reload my save and get a different ending. Like, it's not... I don't give a shit about it. So the story's never been a thing for me in Fallout. It's the gameplay, and it's how fun it is. Okay. And Fallout 76 is amazingly fun to me. You have every reason to hate it. It's not your thing, but I like being in an online game where I can, like, yeah. snipe and move around and build bases and things like that. And there's no NPCs. Plus, there's a musket <laughs> rifle, guys. Yeah, you have to take time to to to, to show. There's your, a fucking. I found to, a musket you gotta, you gotta rifle. Jack off into it. It's the most powerful gun with the longest range, but every time you reload it, it takes like ten seconds because you gotta like put the little plunger in and put a musket ball in and pour gunpowder in. Now speaking That's of amazing. Fallout seventy six, have you have you seen the trailer for the Outer Worlds? No, what's that? The Outer Worlds is a game that's being developed by the original creators of Fallout and the Interplay and the developers of Fallout New Vegas. And Isn't Interplay dead. It looks amazing. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, everything you're saying is interesting because, as I understand it, um, Fallout New Vegas was developed by. Help me out here. I'm forgetting. Um, I can't help the you name out, sorry. Of, of that studio, which also did the Stick of Truth, the South Park game. Um, I'm Obsidian Entertainment. Uh huh. Yes. Obsidian is cons- is made of people from Interplay who worked on Fallout. Before Interplay so went Obsidian like bankrupt, yeah. is Interplay is Fallout is all the same thing. <laughs> so yes, this is a very this is very rooted in Fallout. Continue. But it pretty much looks like a combination of Fallout, um, Borderlands and <laughs> uh, maybe even BioShock a little bit. It, I'm just it, looking at screen like screenshots of it yeah. and it looks fucking great. Now it I don't looks this, amazing. this may not this be, be rendered on something that isn't going to be released, but it looks amazing. Well, I watched some gameplay video footage from it, and I was like, "Wow, that's called Outer Worlds." Actually, looks like something I would play. Is it a and norm- it's a space game? Interesting. Is it uh, online or, or yeah? Know, it's a, a little game. bit, uh, you know, kind of like terraforming lands, so on, on other planets. So there's sort of spacey things going on. So No Man's Sky, but with other stuff happening. No, no, no. More like Fallout on a different planet. Okay. Okay. There must be something going on with this game because it says it's supposed to come out in 2018 and it's December. Hmm. Well, I don't know about that. It says originally revealed in 2018, Outer Worlds will be releasing at some point in 2018. What's weird is it's being released on every system, but uh, I would, Obsidian's owned. I would check owned, for another source because yeah. that sounds like you've got some. Maybe weird, Obsidian's weird owned by Microsoft now. Yeah. And we all love what they did to Bungie. Uh, it's, we're still a ways from launch. Uh, we're, we're still away, a ways away from its 2019, 2019 launch window. 2019 into late. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully that well, still, that's, Cyberpunk that's 2077 quick, will come out first. Considering how uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that announcement. no kidding. Did you know anything about the gameplay mechanics, whether it's online, offline? Like, are they competing with? It's single with? player. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. I, I honestly... It looks just, like there's squads. Like, yeah. you, you meet characters to kind of come along with you, and they don't look completely stupid. Mm. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying Fallout 76 just because I enjoy it, and it's fun, and it's an online game, and that's all I need out of it, to be enjoyable. If I can play a game for 100 hours, it's worth my money. Well, I mean, regardless of how you feel about the story, Fallout 4 um, was an enjoyable gameplay experience. So It was fun. It's just it's not fun because of the story for me. I, I like everything's predictable, and then it just kind of it's well, bland when you get I, to the end, and then it just ends. I, I feel, yeah, the, the, the narratives could be... It's not epic. It could be stronger. They're not strong narratives, um, but it is a lot of flavor. It's a flavor-based mm-hmm. game. And that's that's really what you're Delicious you're absorbing a uh, flavor that feels like story. No, the flavor is mostly rat bits. Mm-hmm. That well, or have been grilled. or when you go to Far Harbor, the succulent taste of uh, Vim Captain's Blend, which is uh, I'm upset that I didn't. I I'm kicking myself for not playing Far Harbor now, Far knowing Har- that it's amazing. I, mean, I it's the game Fallout Four supposedly should have been. I'm Far obsessed Harbor with Far is Harbor. Cap's favorite game. Can we can we talk about how I saw a fucking giant hermit crab in a bus the other day? Yeah, that's a Far Harbor thing. Yeah, yeah so, so are the gulpers and uh, half a dozen other things from fucking the, uh, honeybeasts. Kill West me. So in Fallout seventy six, I was walking on a road just randomly in a swamp, and there's like this just bus sitting there, mm-hmm. and then a giant fucking hermit crab comes out of the front of the bus, yep. and the whole thing starts walking towards me, and Set I'm really glad I have. Bus. A million stealth because I'm hiding as this fucking giant hermit crab in a bus using it as a shell is crawling towards me. How and much I just, do you love hiding from Scorch Beasts? Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about the new enemy. So there's like one new enemy type. Spoiler, it's a dragon. Yeah. Well, what? The Scorched, <laughs> the Scorched are a new type of enemy in Fallout 76. They have a hive mind and they're intelligent enough to use guns and doors and things, but they are, they can't, they have no speech, kind of like ghouls. So they're ghouls that well, they are intelligent. Say weird things. Yeah. They're created by these gigantic level 50 bat dragon creatures in the sky that can create more oh, at will. Secret, Brandon. What? Some of them aren't level 50. Some of them are <laughs> water. <laughs> oh, well, the first, like the first five minutes in the game, I, there was one flying in the sky and I had yeah. to fucking run to an airport and hide. But they can just, just annihilate you, give you permanent like radiation, mutation effects, and just create more scorch. Uh, which they control, I'm imagining. It's part of the plot to figure out where th- where these things came from and why, they're, how they're able to create and control these these people who have turned into the Scorched. They're human beings that were encased in these like ashes, and they they hatch out at some point and become the Scorched. Which I like. That's the most interesting part <laughs> of the game, really. Mm. Um, but I like that. I like the Scorched enemies. Um, that's that's all I got. With Fallout seventy six. Any other thoughts? You have, you have every John? right to hate it, but I really enjoy playing it. If you haven't played it, you really don't have the right to hate it. Maybe you do. I don't know. I played it and I hate it. Yeah, and you have every right. You tried it. Yeah. But John, how do you feel? I have a great time playing it. I actually play it with human beings on occasion, though admittedly a lot of my time solo. I have shit tons of fun running around. There's a lot of very interesting, like, for starters, the world is like four times the size of Fallout 4. I think, it's including all of its expansions. Wow, yeah, that's, it's, that's substantial. It's it's literally nonsensically large, and I only just, like, practically yesterday got most all of the map pretty much fleshed out properly, like, including a lot of, like, the corner areas and that kind of stuff. Um, it's really, like, a, a fascinating experience. There was a lot of, like, really, really crazy situations um, a couple weeks back or whatever. I was literally, like... I, 
just scorched beast everywhere. And I just wound up basically ducking down in these weird caverns that I found just out of nowhere in the cranberry bog area underneath like the highway there is incredibly fortuitous. So I'm like basically crawling in these caverns created by like, you know, mole rats and shit like below the highway. And I can just hear the fucking bat wing flapping above looking (laughs) for me for like, you know, 20 minutes while I'm crawling along this entire way, stealthed, like trying to get to this. And those, those are the kinds of survival oriented gaming experiences that I would hope to have from a game like this. That's sort of like the, the, the memories, uh, the the terrible situations you wouldn't want to be in real life, but you can have a nice, vivid experience like that in a video game. I mean, if if any of this sounds interesting to you, I mean, the game is like half price at this point, so I would give it a go. But if any of this sounds god awful to you, then you stay away. You're probably gonna hate it. <laughs> Brandon, have you made so. it to the cranberry bog? What the fuck is a cranberry bog? It's where cranberries grow. It's I went to a bog entire- in like the bottom corner of the map and everything murdered me there's fucking level 80 wendigos or some shit and i'm level 30. okay yeah you've been to the cranberry bog everything's red yes yeah and sometimes i think i have to wear a gas mask to not die immediately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. place is a lot of fun because it'll be running around everything will <laughs> yeah, look flat sure and then like there'll it. just all of a sudden be like it'll just drop down into this i don't even know what the hell you'd call it like a huge crazy rut like the lands just divided up like six feet down practically Mm -hmm. And so it just has all these like winding vein like paths. Sometimes they go under and up and around, but like it's completely flat and then just like fall into a ditch. Basically. Um, I love when there are lizards in the tree, massive lizards, the size of people. And then they jump out. Those are also from Cap's favorite. There's goddamn lizard men. Really? Oh, see, I didn't play far. Oh, the, the, the newt people who squirm on the ground. Yeah. Oh, they're they're, uh, so, there's so much trouble. What I'm interested in, though, is what Bethesda is doing sort of more of like a company right now, because like they were like, oh, no, they're we're, all, we're never shit. going to not do VR games or something like that. They released, you know, all of their games basically in virtual reality, then kind of back off that randomly Fallout 76 comes out, which is a huge experimentation and multiplayer for what was also a single player game. So like, doing it just seems really like it seems like shit. Fallout. It seems like Fallout 76 is really just like a, a one giant beta test for a future game they will be making for like the next Every, gen. Everything they're up to, including their incompetence with the burlap sack or whatever, um, <laughs> does does really stink of a what's he building in there kind of it's situation. It's very corporate and it doesn't seem like anyone knows what they're doing or and like they're alienating fans doing the dumbest things that no one would ever do in a game like it doesn't make sense and like what the hell is their space game even going to be like with all of these other things with their attempts at vr with their attempts well, at obsidian multiplayer. beat them to it apparently oh yeah are they, are they making that game specifically because they knew obsidian was doing it well here's my thought about that probably when mass effect fell from andromeda everybody wanted to pick up the slack Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. No, that's fair. Guess. Also, I guess so. also Destiny. Ugh. I'd, you know what? I'd rather play this game than Destiny 2. I completely so. 110% agree. It is a much better experience. I mean, and the, it's more the, fun to play with friends. The, the shooting mechanics of Destiny 2 are pretty damn polished, and the graphics are pretty polished. Yeah, it's a good it doesn't make, game. It does not make it a fun game. It's not fun for me to do the same mission for 100 times it, to get yeah, something that has one more power to it. Exactly. The fucking yeah. game, it, it's like, <laughs> it looks good, it's a fun thing to play for a while, and then it's just literally the same fucking things over and over again. The actual amount of content in it is incredibly shallow. Fallout 76, wow, it's a beta, you know, they totally need to iron out that shit. This is a bad time to release because there's too many fucking holidays. But ultimately, there is an asinine amount of content. And I don't know how many bazillions of hours it'll be before I stop finding new crazy weird shit where I'm like, wow, what the hell happened here? Yeah, oh, and that's, that's worth it for me. I, my, I have uh, problems with Microsoft when they bought Bungie because I loved Bungie games until they were owned by Microsoft, then I hated them, and now they just bought Obsidian. So after this Outer Worlds game, everything that's produced now is going to be made by Microsoft, essentially. And they but took Bungie the down a horrible path. They took Bungie down a horrible path. I won't play their games anymore, and they're going to do the same thing to Obsidian. And maybe they've even influenced this game. We'll see. They took the best parts out of like the, the Halo series, and I think made it kind of crap. So, But anyway, enough bashing of, uh, on Microsoft and Bungie and fucking game shall we put a pin in this bitch yeah let's okay. put a pin in my urethra oh fun so we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of nerdy show thank you so much for listening um if, if hey if you want to hang out with us do hang out with us on uh, facebook on the nerdy show lounge and the nerdy show discord server wherever you choose to find us we are in most places bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.